I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, I'm back for part two of our interview with uh, a collection of champions from around the country uh, who I was blessed to be with in Gulf Shores, Alabama for our staff retreat. And uh, our champions are just guys that God has has raised up and uh, they got a heart for discipleship. They started leading journey groups and all of a sudden they got caught a vision for, for doing this in a bigger scale where they live. And so... Uh, so I hope you heard last week where I, I got to, they all gave an introduction themselves and what's going on in their cities, but they're they're back. I've got uh, uh, Glenn Gordon uh, from Fort Mill, South Carolina. I got Andy Collar from Maine, Henry Gutierrez from Costa Rica, uh, Henry Schaefer in Tehachapi, California, near Bakersfield, California, uh, Mike Hearn from Wichita, Kansas, and Jim Hypock from Anaheim, California. So uh, anyway, welcome back, guys. Uh we, uh, we, we heard a little bit about what's going on and how you guys got plugged in, but uh, I, I want to say this. Uh, we, you, influencers is very unique, and you guys can speak to this. Um, it's not your typical organization. It's even not your typical uh, Christian organization. Uh, or, you know, most, most uh, ministries end up being run kind of like a business, I think, top down in a sense. And uh, God just continues to remind us that this is an upside down Ministry that that when I say upside down, it starts with Jesus, the vine. If you picture it, we even have a visual of this. But if you picture Jesus as the vine coming out of the ground, and then you all these branches coming out of out of Jesus, uh, and then fruit coming off of those branches, that's our organization. It's just started with Rocky abiding with Christ, and it's starting to share it, and then branches start developing. And as you heard last week, uh, for example, Bakersfield was a branch. Uh, led by Les Piercy, and off of him shot a branch uh, in Wichita, believe it or not, because it was the same denomination of the church. Uh, Tehachapi was an offshoot of, of Bakersfield, and actually Costa Rica was too, because Ron Froelich was from Bakersfield and yes. planted it there. But everything is organic. So, so gentlemen, um, I'd love for you guys to talk about that. You've been, uh, you've been in this, uh, I don't know, three to five years, roughly. Uh, the thing's been around 20 years. You guys are kind of on the newest deal, and we're thinking about the next 20 years and what what's going to happen. So what do, what do you guys see is the is the difference in influencers versus, uh, and a lot of you guys have been part of other ministry things. So what would you say is the difference about influencers as, a, as an organization or as a movement? And Andy, you want to jump in? Go ahead. I think the biggest difference is it's Holy Spirit-led. And it's abiding relationship led because of my upbringing and not trusting authority and superstructure and all that. I would have walked out of this process if it was a top down type of thing. It it is totally, I mean, Rocky is so adamant about if God's not in it and God's not leading it, it is not going to keep going. And I am just so on board with that. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah, Henry. Uh, I would say that, uh, <clears throat> you know, when you go to McDonald's and there's no Big Mac, there's no sense to go to McDonald's. Okay. So if you go to a, let's say, discipleship and Jesus is not there, it doesn't make any sense to go. That's right. So uh, let me tell you that 
I met a pastor who is a pastor of 160 pastors in Costa Rica. There is a church for this organization in every single village in Costa Rica. And he got into the journey. And three weeks later, with tears in his eyes, he said to me, Henry, I'm a 72 years old man leading pastors. And I thought I knew it all from the gospel. And I was aged with everything. This is refreshing. Mm. And I feel so guilty because I obligated these 160 pastors to take every man and woman from their churches to go through an eight years discipleship. Mandatory. But I found out that all of them went through it and never changed their behavior. I am changing my behavior in three weeks through the journey. Mm. That's what I want to say. Yeah, yeah. So there's something about the the abiding in Christ piece that seems to be missing uh, in other Amen. other other processes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Who else? Me. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So for me, you know, I've been in Bible Bible studies before and in, in, in life groups and. You know, you go to church on Sunday, right? And and maybe you're in you're in a life group or a group or whatever, right? And you're at church and you're like, ah, you know, this was an awesome message, and you know, I'm I'm overflowing and I'm gonna be nice to the kids today. I'm not gonna yell at them. And you know, by the time I get to Jimmy John's, you know, I'm flipping somebody off for for cutting me off in traffic, right? You know, and what was really neat about this was the structure, yeah, and and how it starts from the beginning to knowing and understanding God, right? And that is the um, the foundation for for what the journey is, right? And it's enlightenment. God knows. God God cares. God is willing and God is able. And if you can't trust God, how can you build on that, right? And then you get into enabled and understanding what your spiritual gifts are and learning about the Holy Spirit and, and what it means to abide. But but even at the very beginning, learning how to self feed, right? Which I think is one of the most critical components to this, right? Because you know, again, like I said, going to church on Sunday and getting spoon-fed um, isn't going to do it, right? That's not going to transform lives uh, at all, and uh, it's not impactful. So, um, and, and I'll say one other thing. Um, the first retreat, first uh, extended prayer retreat, where we're intentional. We always do our prayer retreats are always overnights. We go out and we camp. We make it a point to do that, to get away, to unplug, and... You know, originally when you tell guys, hey, we're going to go out and you're going to spend uh, an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours out, you know, um, with God, you're like, wow, you know, wait, what a second, you know, I'm not sure about that. But most men that I know of, at least, including myself, have never done anything like that before. But the time flies by, you know, and uh, there's God's sightings and, and, and lives are radically changed. But I also like how this is um, replicable. And, you know, at least in our region, we're going out and finding guys, reaching guys that the church can't get to. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. The church can't get to, however well-meaning they try, you know, it's about marketing X, Y, and Z uh, for a lot of them. But we're out there, boots on the ground, um, you know, reaching guys through this ministry. And I think that's really unique and special. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to build on that, you know, because I, I fully agree with that depiction of the heartbeat of the journey and you know, that discipleship process that really leads men to a, their own abiding relationship in Christ and the power and transformation of that, you know. But I, I watch the way that, you know, because it's hard to get guys into that. You'd be all fired up and tell them, like, I ain't doing that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I've watched the way that the, the, the journey that the influencers has moved through relationships. It's relational, mm-hmm. right? Shoulder tapping. Just, just who are those people in your world that you have relationship with? And, and it was just, it was not really that different than what Jesus did. He spent time with people. He built relationships. And through that bridge of the relationship, he was able to really love people. You know what I mean? And so like, less like, hey, don't be going to your church and trying to make an announcement at the front. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because the, the gospel moves relationally. It moves through relational relationships. And the journey moves the same way through relationships. And so it's this organic social network. Before Facebook was, Mm -hmm. Jesus had the original social network Mm -hmm. that the gospel propagated across the whole globe, the whole universe. And in the same way, the journey moves through relationship. It moves through love. It moves through relationship. It moves through spending time. And in that, you get men like, "I'll, I'll try that. I trust you. I know you, Glenn. I trust you. Therefore, I'm going to step with you. You know, and I've, I've loved the way that I got loved. Like, Les loved me mm-hmm. in the relationship. And through that, he was able to give me a really, really valuable tool and modeled for me the way to go out and love others the same way. Yeah, and, and it's called influencers because we all have influence yeah. with people. Mm-hmm. And there's people that you can invite on the journey, Henry, that that they'd rather go through with you, with you than Rocky. Yeah. Because you have influence with them. You have yeah. relational equity, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is true. Mike, you were going to say something? Yeah, I want, I want to bring it back to the influencers organization because bottom line, we're talking about absolute trust and part of going into the inner chamber is absolute trust. And so as we are to absolutely trust Holy Spirit in us, uh, our, our Father, the influence organization absolutely trusts Holy Spirit in each one of its leaders. Mm. That, that there's a loud once of keeping that that Holy Spirit working and trust that that you know it's really really interesting to talk to to Bakersfield to talk to Tulsa to talk to to Memphis and hear a different different type of, of model well but that model is, is with that model the DNA of the influencers is wrapped around it and 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 so and so the, the 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 feeling is is that that the leadership of the organization of the influencers trust us and we're you know we're 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 beginning to to lead trust us to allow Holy Spirit to move how he wants our region or our city or whatever to 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 bring forward one of I believe one of the most important discipleship uh, movements and that, that's out there. So mm. that's a great segue because I wanted to talk a little bit about our organization leadership because people want to know about these things and who are these guys and how do they tick and all that. Well, kind of like you did, Andy, wanted to know. Um, you know, and Rocky's been praying from the very beginning. It was just Rocky. He felt like he was the only leader, basically, besides the guys that emerged. But even just from an organizational leadership, he started praying for God to raise up godly men around him to help. And and God's been answering that prayer. And 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 it's still going on. And uh, so you, you've gotten to be around some of our staff guys who are actually, and they've all got, and we've been sharing stories while we've been here at our staff retreat. They've gotten to hear a lot of personal abandonment stories. So... What is it? What's the DNA of of the leadership of the ministry? And Mike, you had another. Okay. Well, well, I want to get get off of that because I think I've said it three times in the last two days. To personally saying it to leadership, saying that you 
because most of the time when you go talk to somebody that's in leadership, you really feel a little bit less than them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the that's just the way it is. I mean, that's just just the way we are human wise. But 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 I have said it again and again with Rocky, with you, Brian, with with Les, that hey, you you, you want to take care and let 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 me know that I'm as important to you as you as you are to me. Mm-hmm. And that that is over and over and over again that uh, that that guy that leadership is saying what you just said just really touched me and it really has has moved me to a deeper level in Christ and that that says something of leadership mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I if I if I'm saying well well, well I'm thinking about um, Andy when you were telling your story you said. Uh, you couldn't stand the A-type personalities, the alpha male guys that were a bunch of jerks. And uh, <laughs> admittedly, there's a bunch of alpha <laughs> guys in our leadership, but but you said that they're different because because they've been yoked to Christ. And so that's right. That's the common. That's the common bound in there. All of these men have totally surrendered their life to Christ and being led by Christ. And so now that double A, triple A personality does not become a detriment. It becomes an asset. Because these personalities are strong. And uh, David had strong men around him. He did not have weak men. But they had to believe in David's direction and David's mission or it could not have worked. And that's the cool thing about working with the leadership here is they're strong men. But they all humble themselves before Christ. And and it's interesting because it's I've really seen a decentralized leadership, kind of like you see in the book of Acts. You're like, who's frigging in charge of the church? Was it Peter? Was it James? Was it John? (laughs) Philip got stoned to death. Hey, man, next man up. And you you saw a movement that was decentralized. And it reduces that single point of failure, as you see in American megachurches. Pastor goes down, the whole flock gets divided, people pissed off. But I've seen a, a movement of leadership, which is decentralized. Yeah, and I, Rocky would probably never say he's been leading this ministry. He, he would just say he's been releasing this ministry. For sure. And, and just letting the Holy Spirit raise up leaders. We don't recruit our staff guys. We, you know, we don't put ads out there. We, we don't recruit people. Yeah, we yeah, try to talk them out of it. Yeah. <laughs> try to talk them out of it. Go get a job. <laughs> yeah, God just has been raising up champions. And it's as organic as the journey process itself. Kind of that's what you were saying, Mike. The, the leadership mirrors kind of what we're we're practicing what we preach, I think. So Jim, what are your observations? Yeah, the influencers, um, it's exactly what they say they are. They actually connect the dots where the rubber hits the road. We can learn stories and we can learn verses and so forth, but the ministry connects the dots. And when you see someone abiding in Christ, uh, you see changed lives, and that's attractive. When you watch someone who's abiding in Christ going through a trial, or they're on the summit, or they in the valley. It doesn't matter. They are praising God wherever they are because they are. They know they can trust in God because they've abandoned their lives to God. Mm-hmm. And that is the thing that changes families. The thing that changes uh, the church. Mm-hmm. The thing that changes our world mm-hmm. is we are attractive when we're abiding in Christ. We don't have to market, and we don't have to figure what our goal is and work backwards to where we are today. We just are. In the moment of abiding in Christ, wherever we are, praising the Lord. And that's the thing that changes lives, not only for ourselves, our families, but those who know us. Yeah, that's right. It helps you give it away to other yeah. people. You know, I would say that a uh, uh, key word for the DNA of the leadership and journey is the word nurturing. 
that's what I perceive from all you guys. You sit down with me or you talk with me in order to nurture me. Mm -hmm. And you know, and uh, this is an incredible kingdom dynamic because what I learned from you, from Rocky, from Les, is what I am transferring to all those who are around me. Mm -hmm. And that same way they're going to do it with others. And this is the incredible thing of this precious, powerful dynamic of the journey. Yeah. Brian, can I, can I speak on the material that, that we end up using? No. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, time. <laughs> I personally got to, got to witness um, proper application versus not quite so strict application. Uh, most of the men's group that we have been involved in end up becoming um, a guy's club or a social group, right? We might share some stuff that's going on, but we talk sports and we, this kind of stuff. So they come together for a quote unquote Bible study, but it really becomes a social gathering. I had two types, two groups of leaders, one that came in and they were doing the journey, but they seemed to spend half of the time in the social network realm. Okay. Some of them were reading the work. Some of them were journaling. Some of them were reading all of the books and some weren't. And then this group over here kept their social time down to the first few minutes that they met. They involved prayer. They allowed others in the group to participate. It wasn't led by one person. And the way that the material is laid out, that it walks you through this natural process of discovering who Christ is, how to become a self-eater, and how to pass it on. At the end of the, both of these nine-month studies, the group on the left produced zero leaders, zero guides. The group on the right produced four leaders mm -hmm. out of that group. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the keys to the DNA is that the material that was downloaded to Rocky, if you follow it, yeah. it works. Yeah, we believe it was inspired. I mean, Holy Spirit right. inspired. I mean, I want to, I want to bring up this um, part of abiding we learn in the journey is uh, pain. Pain, you know, abiding is a pain can be a painful process because God's got to, He's got to get us to a point where we can receive everything He wants to give us. So He's got to discipline us until the until the sin goes out of our life. He's got to prune us till we get the self out, which is the getting rid of the alpha, the bad part of the alpha part, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, but the part that people don't like to talk about is sifting. And, and I remember when I met Rocky the first year, he just said, this is one, this is a third part. And he said, like Peter, who was sifted, these are men that God's getting ready for a greater ministry. Mm -hmm. He was getting Peter ready for a great, he was going to be the key leader in the beginning. So what have you guys seen being around our staff and even in your own lives? What do you see in the way of sifting going on in this ministry to get, do you see that being a truth? Non-negotiable. To yeah, total non-negotiable. You can't, you know what I mean? You can't get to where God wants you without the dynamic of sifting. And That's I've right. watched every man in the room share their story in the process of not only sifting, but of breaking and of being put to death, being broken so that, that God can rebuild. I think we spoke about, you know, we were talking about Peter on the way up here, you know, his, his life was one of emptiness and filling, right? Empty nets, empty self, empty tomb, right? And Christ filled all those things throughout his yeah. life. But he had to strip him of his pride, his self-assurance, his words. I call it an excavation, right? He's got to excavate. He's got to come in there and do demo, which is sifting. And, and it is 
freaking painful, but the fruit that comes out of that is uh, powerful. But some like of you guys are in the middle of it right now. Some of you guys are going through it right now. Well, you know, I would say that uh, <clears throat> I am in the middle of that thing. And uh, it's good to know it because as Peter was sifting, he got the good news from the, the Lord who said, I'm gonna, I want to be interceding for you. And he gave him a promise. You will come back. Mm-hmm. Once you come back, make sure you reaffirm and confirm the rest. Yeah. So it was a bigger, you know, chapter. It's always it was, for a purpose. It's yeah. not just because yeah. he's, he's cruel. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in my, in my case, with what is about to come in Costa Rica, we want to be uh, nurturing, protecting, and taking care of pastors. And uh, God gave me three things for a pastor to be able to be with us, that we can work with them. And, and those three things are, they need to be humble. They need to have a teachable spirit and they, they need to have needs for us to come and help. But this morning, somebody gave me the same three words to me for what is coming. Same thing. He didn't know anything about it. I never mentioned this three to him. And he said, Henry, what you need is you need to be humble. You need to be a teachable spirit. You. Yeah. And uh-huh. you need to have needs for God to fulfill them. Mm-hmm. So that's when, when we are sifted and we are appreciated and we are accepted and we go through it is because we have a teachable spirit and we're humble and we are ready to be filled in all our needs. You see that in all of the leadership. All the leadership has a teachable spirit no matter how long they've been in the influences. Well, most of them, at least. <laughs> well, it always comes back to a man and his abiding, you know, and, and if a man's not abiding, you can't just say, well, well, I did that when I went through the journey. Now I'm leading, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a lifelong abiding mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. So I want to, in our last few minutes here, I want to think, I'm just thinking out there that there's men and women right now who've gone through the journey, maybe a couple, maybe they've led a group and they just are passionate about the journey and they would love to start really leading it more and sharing it with more. Maybe God's calling them, raising them up as future champions like you guys. What would you say to them? What kind of encouragement would you give to people out there? Because I, I, we just continue to believe this thing's about to explode and there's people out there. What, what advice would you give to guys who are, or gals out there? Pray, pray, <laughs> pray, pray. Pray, that's right. I think it was like what Henry was saying here, like it ain't about them, do it for you. Yeah. Do it for your soul care. Do it for your relationship first. Let it start with you before you go out and start trying to, well, y'all need this. You got, do it for you. I'd like to uh, expound on that too. And I was going to say this a second ago. Like I thought, "Eh, you've been through the journey how many times, Brian? 17. 17, 17, right? Uh And so I'm going through my fifth time. I have to have it, right? I have to be participating in it for myself right because yeah. if, if i don't then i get I, I would be off course i would be way off course so just continue to go through it pray and you know seek his will and i think god can take care of all those other things right it's his deal right? yeah it's he's, his. if he's That's wanting right. to do something he'll let you know right? yeah. if you ask if you ask your daddy to bring you the harvest there's nothing going to bring him more joy then first to sift you and prepare you and then bring you those that need to be harvested. Well, and, and you guys have hit on the relational component. Um, God raises up, kind of like Rocky prayed, 
if there's an individual out there, God starts raising up people around you to affirm your calling, but also to help you, to help mm-hmm. carry the load. You don't ever have to do this by yourself. Right. He always, you know, he sent them out two by two. And he was always bringing people together. So, so, that, so I would say, understand that if I'm going to grow in the Lord, the Lord is going to put me in places that are going to make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I say to people who are out there, I run into them all the time. I can't do that. I don't think I can do that. You know, how can the Lord use me? Well, the Lord is going to use you and it's going to, but he's going to use you by growing you. And by growing you, you have to be uncomfortable. Anybody in Wichita that's around me knows I use the word holy discontent, that the Lord wants us always to be in discontent from where we are in him mm-hmm. and from what we are in our, in our ministry. And so if there is a, 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 a want for, uh, for, for all of us to continue to move in the Lord, well, it's going to be put me in places that I feel uncomfortable. Well, if I'm thinking about co-guiding a, a journey and I'm scared of it, guess what? That's where the Lord wants you. Mm-hmm. And as you step out in Holy Spirit, it's going to happen and lives are going to be changed because we are in the life-changing uh, uh, movement through the journey. I want to touch on just one other thing real quick for, mm-hmm. for those of, uh, of, of people that may be listening to this that are thinking of leading the group. Uh, I'm not a great teacher. I said, you know, all these aptitude tests, the spiritual gifts tests, teaching is very low. Teaching, prophecy, uh, shepherding, and all this. Like the things you would think of that somebody leading one of these groups needs to score very high in are at the very bottom. But you know what? That allows the Lord to come in and fill those places as long as I'm obedient, I'm facilitating. Yeah, I'm facilitating yeah. discussion, and I'm letting the Holy Spirit, inviting the Holy Spirit to, to be the teacher. I am not the teacher. So to those of you out there that good, are thinking about good it, word. just just lean into that and think about that. Right, because the spirit of doubt is going to tell you you're not equipped, you're not able, you're not, you know what I mean? And, and it's the spirit of God working against that, like, let me. I'm the only guy in journey history to score negatives on the spiritual gift. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, was thinking, I was thinking about Jesus. You know, he didn't he he didn't pick any of the Pharisees oh, no. in, in his initial. State. I mean, you know, I mean, he picked regular fishermen, a tax collector, a doctor. You know, I mean, whatever. Just um, yeah. So he didn't look for uh, capable people. He looked for mm-hmm. available people. Okay. Available people. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say to the leaders. Live it out. Yeah. What they're learning, what they got from the Lord, let it be their way of living. Mm. And God will use it. Well, we've always told people, if you think you enjoyed the journey going through it, you've never seen anything. You know, Journey 2.0 is really taking people through it. And it's more richer uh-huh. and you'll get more out of it as a leader than you ever do. Watching others transform. But a lot of people won't do it. They're either the devil intimidates them or, or gets them distracted or whatever, and they don't do it, you know? So, uh, it's kind of counterintuitive. Like I already took algebra. I don't need to take it again. Yeah, right. Most yeah. people think I already went through the journey. Like, and now it's about others. Yeah. Any other, Jim, you got anything? Or? Well, I think it's life changing. Uh, we can go through different programs, but I continue to, to say to the men in our, uh, journey group, this journey doesn't stop till you meet Christ face to face. So, so it's not about going over. It's about, uh, bearing more fruit and being more productive in the field of uh, harvesting. Yeah. Well, um, 
Thank you all. I mean, we, we're celebrating 20 years this year of influencers since the very first journey group. And uh, I'm just so excited about who knows what God has for the next 20 years. But you guys are all part of it. Amen. And you guys are, and there's a, there's a lot of other people just like you that God's already been raising up. We've identified a lot of these people. If you go to our new website, uh, and go to locations, you see a map and you'll see the little little flags where the new emerging cities are. And there's there's a lot more than just these guys. So uh, anyway, thank you though for your leadership, for stepping out and courage. And uh, some of you guys may be full-time staff guys uh, one of these days, we'll see. But uh, anyway, thank you guys so much. Um, all right, well, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. And uh, this has been part two of uh, my interview with some champions at our staff retreat and Gulf Shores, Alabama. And so hope if you missed part one, go back and, and find it on our website or on Spotify, Apple, or Google, where we have all our, our podcasts posted. But uh, anyway, be sure to check out our new website as well. A lot of new things out there and a lot of new resources. And it's a we hope it's a, a tool that you guys can use as you share people, uh, tell them about the journey. It's always kind of hard to uh, describe. Just tell them to go to influencers.org and hopefully it'll, it'll compel them to want to want to get involved. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.